In our gospel today, Jesus asks Andrew and the other disciple, what are you looking for? Today, at the beginning of ordinary time, this is a question we must all ask ourselves. What are we looking for? What are you looking for? Why are you here? Why are you at Mass? Is it because every Sunday you need to come to Mass out of obligation? Because we are told that we must attend regular Mass? Or maybe is there somewhere within you, somewhere within each one of us, a stirring? Maybe there is a want, a need, a desire that is drawing us here to this church. Reflection and meditation on today's readings may help us to better answer Jesus' question, what are you looking for? The main themes of today's readings are the themes of call and response. To answer Jesus' question, let us ask if we are being called by Jesus and what it is that Jesus is calling us to. So, what are we being called to? Beginning today, ordinary time starts with a call to discipleship. In the first reading, we have the call of Samuel, who played a big part in the building up of Israel. In our Gospel, John the Baptist directs Andrew and the other disciples to follow Jesus. This marks the beginning of the call of Jesus' first disciples and many others from here on. Now, before we get carried away, let's not get trapped into thinking that these people who were called, Samuel, Andrew, Peter, are in any way special people, that they are carefully selected for these callings. But let's take a closer look at their calling and their calling to do God's work. The call that comes from the Lord in the readings we have heard today is to people who were available to hear God's call. Samuel is waiting on the Lord. He is sleeping near the Ark of the Covenant where the Lord dwells, taking instructions from Eli, the high priest. John the Baptist's disciples are prepared to hear God's call. They are already looking for the Messiah, so they trust John's words and follow when directed to follow Jesus. The call, the calls in our readings, just like the calls calling people today, do not come to people who are well-connected, well-prepared, or well-educated, or are specially selected. These calls come to people like you and me. Despite his upbringing, Samuel had no knowledge of the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Yet, he still receives God's call. Simon, Peter, Andrew, and the other unnamed disciples may have heard John the Baptist preaching and even seen him point out the word of the Lord and the Lamb of God, 
but they don't know very much about Jesus. In fact, they don't even know where he lives. But look at what happens to these who respond willingly to God's call. Samuel at first doesn't even know who he's calling. After Samuel finally acknowledges that it is God who is calling and says in response, speak Lord for your servant hears, he goes on to be a great prophet and the last of the great judges of Israel and the kingmaker, who in God's name anoints firstly Saul and secondly David. Peter, who didn't even know where the Lord came from, was called and he becomes the leader of the apostles, taking, ultimately taking the gospel to Rome, the capital of the known world. Andrew too was a great preacher of the gospel and traditionally credited with founding the church in Byzantium. So who are those who are called by God? Our readings show us that God's discipleship call is not reserved for the select or the special few. All who call themselves Christians, who are baptized as Christians, are called by God. But of course we all know that. That's why, that's why we're here. But the bad news is that God does not call us just to come to church. God does not call us to come to Mass every Sunday, to sit here for an hour or so a week and then go home and go about our normal lives. We are called, like the disciples and like Samuel, to do great things for God. Like Samuel, Andrew, and Peter, we are called into the service of the Lord. Now, I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. In the gospel with Andrew and Peter is a third disciple. There's a third disciple mentioned, but the gospel doesn't tell us who this disciple is. In fact, there's much speculation because this disciple could be the first appearance of the beloved disciple who appears throughout John's Gospel. That's possible. But it could also be any of the other disciples or apostles, or it could be someone who was never called by Jesus. Or perhaps that unnamed disciple, the disciple who follows Jesus, is you. Your name may not be recorded in the scriptures at your baptism, but at baptism Christ has called you by name to come and see where he lives. And where does Christ live? Where do we find him? We find Jesus, we find him here in the carrying out of his mission. We find him in this church. Called by Christ, we become part of his body and even our bodies become part of his holy church. That is why today, St. Paul reminds us that the Christian is called to a higher standard of morality. And he's not just talking about sexual morality, but that it's part of a higher standard of charity, of the love of God, of neighbor, to which all Christians are called. Andrew and the other disciple ask where Jesus lives and he responds, come and see.
At our baptism, Jesus invites us to come and see where he lives, where we can find him. And where we can find him is here. We can find him here, Christ in his church, where the gospel is lived. He is among us. This is where the Lord lives. It is here with his people gathered in prayer that we see him. Where he invites us to come and spend time, not out of obligation, but to sit around his table with him and our fellow Christians to be refreshed and replenished, to gain strength and grace for the work that he has called us to do. To feed the hungry, clothe the poor, visit the sick, welcome and care for the stranger. But just a word of caution. This is, as, this is not an easy call to life. And of course, we know from experience that we will fail and we will all falter in following Christ's call. The lives of Samuel, Peter and Andrew bear witness to that, as do the lives of countless disciples named and unnamed down the centuries, including our own experience. But today, today Jesus calls again for us to be his disciples, for us to be his disciples, his workers in his vineyard. But how will we respond? Like Samuel's first two calls, will we turn over and go back to sleep? Will we ignore him? Or do we accept, will we accept, the challenge of following Christ and say to him, speak Lord, your servant is listening. Today we introduce at Holy Trinity our stewardship program. Now that's not to force you to do anything, but it's for those of us who have a stirring in us that we want to do more, that we want to follow Christ closer, that we want to work in partnership with those who are doing such wonderful work at this parish, and we may want to do that. When wanting to respond to Jesus' call, we know that many of our parishioners are filled with doubt, and they say to themselves, and they say to us on occasions, I don't know if I can. I'm not trained. I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm really not a very good person. But today, Jesus showed us that discipleship is not just for the trained or the educated or for the select, but for everyone. And Holy Trinity needs everyone. When Jesus asks us today, what are you looking for? Will we be unsure? Will we say to Jesus, I'm not good enough for God's purpose? Will our human failings, our human frailties, our own personal insecurities stop us from answering his call? If that's the case, let's look in conclusion at some of the flawed people that God called, that God used, and that God continues to use. Jacob was a cheater. Paul had a temper 
and denied him. David had an affair. Noah got drunk. Jonah ran from God. Saul was a murderer. Gideon was insecure. Miriam was a gossiper. Thomas was a doubter. Sarah was impatient. Elijah was moody. Moses stuttered. Matthew was a tax collector and a cheat. Zacchaeus was short. Abraham was old. And Lazarus was dead. Now what's your excuse? 